Orthodox Christianity, Reasonable Faith, Chapter 1. There must be more to life than this. Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of the rock band Queen, once wrote a song which says, There must be more to life than living. There must be more than meets the eye. What good is life if in the end we all must die? There must be more to life than this. Here is a man who had every possibility of enjoying life to the full. A man who had wealth and fame and access to anything he wanted. Yet when he considered his life, he found that it was missing something. It wasn't missing something he could buy or own. It was missing a sense that there was a purpose to life itself. How can there be any purpose? What good is life, he says, if in the end we all die and there is nothing else? This is a question that most people have to address for themselves if they take any time at all to reflect on the big issues of life. Those who hold to an entirely materialistic view of the universe have no answer for Freddie Mercury. They would insist that the universe came into being by some unknown process and that all that we see today, from the great galaxies in the night sky to the smallest organisms visible only with a microscope, are the inexorable outcome of billions of years of purposeless, aimless, chance interactions of matter and energy, set in motion by the initial equally random status of the universe. Such a view, which entirely and deliberately excludes any intelligence or purpose in the universe, cannot in turn provide a purpose or meaning for our own lives. What is a human in such an understanding of the universe? We are no more than animals. We are a collection of atoms and molecules and energy held together for a very short period of time and then dissolved in death. If that is all we are, then there can be no such thing as beauty, no such thing as good or evil, no such thing as love. We are only experiencing chemical reactions to various stimuli in the same way that a rat can be trained to press a button to receive a reward. Beauty is no more than just a thing I like in such a view. It requires some external standard by which to measure, and the materialist worldview insists that there is no external standard. When we stand on a hillside looking out over distant fields as the sun sets, the materialist will not allow us to say that it is beautiful. Rather, he will want to say that we are experiencing the physiological effects of chemical reactions in the brain that have nothing to do with beauty and everything to do with our animal nature. He will suggest that we are responding in exactly the same way as we salivate when we are hungry and smell food. It is out of our control. It is nothing more than atoms, molecules and energy. In the same way, if there is only matter and energy without meaning, then there can be no good or evil. Of course, there can be things we wish that other people would not do, and things we really don't like them doing at all. But what is the measure for saying something is good or evil if there is nothing else to the universe but matter and energy? If we say that it is evil to kill someone, then it is proper to ask why is it evil to kill someone? Who says so? The universe does not say so. It does not care whether we live or die. 
We are, according to the materialistic view, an insignificant species of animal on a tiny speck of dust at the edge of an unimportant galaxy, and we have hardly existed and will, in relation to the age of the universe, cease to exist soon enough. So the universe cannot teach us that anything is good or evil. Why do we help a poor person, or a sick person, or an elderly person? The natural world around us teaches us that those who are weak are quickly removed, either consumed by stronger animals or succumbing to illness. Why do we think it is good to provide support and care for such people? It is not the universe, as matter and energy, which causes most people around us in the Western world to think in such a way. We are picking up such moral absolutes from somewhere else, and a materialistic view of the universe, one in which there is no purpose or meaning, cannot provide such attitudes. Of course, it is possible for anyone to adopt a moral code to live by. But if there is only matter and energy, then any personal moral code has no authority at all. It is only what you want to do. In a materialistic universe, if someone wants to get drunk every night, there is no absolute moral reason why he should not. The universe does not care. If he wants to abuse and assault people, there is also no absolute moral reason why he should not, because the universe doesn't care about that either. Other people might care, and might well resist the exercise of his own moral code, which allows him to do these things. But we then come down to the application of a moral code by force, not because it is good or evil. If enough of us want people who are violent to be restrained, then that becomes something which is good, and those who are violent are considered evil. But the universe does not teach us this. Materialism does not teach us this. The universe does not care. And in such a view, there can never be good or evil. Only things that I myself think should happen or should not happen. But this is a morality without authority. It is not a representation of an absolute standard. Materialists would insist it is a way of animal communities, which is all that they would want us to say mankind is, to enforce behaviours that suit the majority or those with power. And love. What can love represent in a world without purpose? What is love if we are only atoms and energy? Many scientists, adopting such a view, state clearly that love is also only a chemical and a neurological response to stimuli. It is the same as feeling hungry. They would tell us that being only animals, we want companionship to ensure our safety and well-being. We want to reproduce and ensure that our genetic code is passed on. We want to be part of a group that helps to feed us. So we experience feelings we call love caused by chemicals in the brain. But they will insist that there is no such thing as love if it means more than a simply physical response in the brain and body. The reason we look after other people, it is proposed, is because of what we think subconsciously we can get out of the arrangement as mere animals. It is no wonder that Freddie Mercury asked the questions he did. If there is only a material universe of atoms and energy, then there is no meaning or purpose in any human life or activity. There is no beauty, no good or evil or love. These are all just chemical reactions, 
nothing more. And they serve strictly animal goals for food, shelter, protection and reproduction. The universe does not care. Everything that happens just happens. If we respond saying that we will just enjoy life while we have it, then this also is meaningless. The universe does not care and will recycle the atoms that make us up along with everything we have ever done. If we respond with a sense of despair, then this also is meaningless. The universe could still not care less. Perhaps we could decide that we will spend our lives in helping others. This is commendable, but not from a materialistic viewpoint. Helping others is also meaningless if all we are is counted in atoms held together for a time by an energy that will soon run out. And if every thought we have is merely the workings out of chemical reactions and the discharge of energy in the brain. In such a view, if we really hold it, there is no more value or meaning in helping others than in helping a rock or a rabbit. These are also made of atoms and energy, just as it is suggested that we are. We are nothing more, just slightly more complicated collections of the same materials. It is hard to live with such a view of the world, but it is what is required if we really and honestly believe that the universe has come into existence and remains in existence until its end without intelligence or purpose. The majority of people in the world do not hold such a firm view that there is no intelligence and purpose behind the universe. And many more act as if they did not really believe such a horrifying vision of life. Indeed, it seems impossible for most of us to live without purpose in life. And we have to create one if we have not found one. Human beings seem to need some sense that there is meaning in our existence. In Britain, a recent survey found that two-thirds of British people either believed in God or in some creative being, or were open-minded about the question. Only a third reported that they had decided that there was no such intelligent purpose behind the universe. Interestingly, the majority of those holding such views were young. But even among this group, most likely to reject any idea of an intelligent creative force, only 46% did so. The majority still believed in something or were open-minded. Those who had more experience of life and more time to reflect on the big questions and indeed to consider their own mortality were less likely to be certain that the universe was only materialistic, atoms and energy without purpose or intelligence. It is not unusual to believe that there is something or someone beyond the universe who brought it into being. Most people in Britain who believe exactly this probably do not have the clearest of ideas what that might mean. But it gives some purpose to life, because it suggests that beauty, good and evil and love itself might be rooted in this creative being, and therefore have a reality beyond the merely material. Around the world and throughout time, the belief in some external creative being or force has always been the majority opinion, and it remains so. Albania declared itself the world's first atheistic state, 
and it violently persecuted anyone who disagreed. But as soon as atheistic communism collapsed, the underlying popular sense that there must be someone or something who gives meaning to life was resurrected, and various religious movements re-established themselves. Likewise in Russia, even after 70 years of repressive and oppressive anti-religious violence and propaganda, religious ideas are back in the mainstream, and hundreds of millions of Russians have chosen to identify themselves with those who believe that there is more to life than simply the material. Nor is it only the uneducated who express a belief in some sort of creative being or force. A recent survey conducted in the US found that about half of the scientific population had a belief in an external intelligence or force beyond the material universe. It might seem that only a tiny minority of Western, educated, sophisticated people have any residual belief that there is or could be something or someone outside the world we see. But in fact a significant proportion, a majority indeed, believe just that. I was watching a TV programme recently called Only Fools and Horses. It is one of those old-fashioned, harmless and inoffensive, amusing family comedies depicting life in the part of London where I was born. What is taken for granted is that as an entirely ordinary working class man, the hero has a complete faith that his dear mother is somewhere safe and watches over them. His grasp of the details of Christianity, let alone any other religion, is vague indeed. But he is sure of this. There is more to life than this. The intention of these presentations is not to convince someone that there is a God if they are firmly of the opinion that there is not. In these presentations I want to address that majority which believes that there is some God or force outside the universe and who brought it into existence, or are at least open to such ideas. It is reasonable to act in such a way. We cannot know for sure that there is no God of some sort. Those scientists who insist in a bare materialism are stepping outside the bounds of science, since science can say nothing at all about a being who, if he existed, is not part of the created order which science studies. It is reasonable to ask ourselves how would our lives be changed if there was such an intelligent and creative being or force. The majority even in Britain think that one exists, but most have not thought very hard or seriously about what that might mean. In these presentations, we will examine in particular what the Orthodox Church, the oldest Christian community in the world, says about these questions. The Orthodox Church finds its origins in the apostles or disciples of Jesus Christ himself. and They have left us with explanations of the earliest and original Christianity, the Orthodox Church has continued to the present day, seeking to faithfully preserve these teachings and this ancient explanation of the Christian faith. We can call this being or force God without saying much more about what that might mean. We do not have to adopt particular views straight away. But if this God has created the universe, then it must be with intelligence and purpose. 
We may or may not believe that this God started the Big Bang billions of years ago, but even in that action there must have been intelligence and purpose. Indeed, this makes sense of the universe around us, which also seems to have order and structure. We can avoid making this God into simply an anthropomorphic projection of ourselves. Orthodox Christianity insists that in fact we should not allow our imagination to create a picture of what God is like, as if he were an old man sitting on clouds, since he is not a part of this material universe at all, and is not a thing we can examine through the telescope or the microscope. Leaving such images aside, this God has created the universe, we suggest, for a purpose. And if it has been created for a purpose, then it seems reasonable to find our own purpose as part of this created universe in that same purpose. It is reasonable to consider that beauty is not simply a chemical and electrical response in the brain, but has some connection to an appreciation of beauty which transcends the physical and is found in the nature of the God who created beauty. It is reasonable to consider that the sense of good and evil which transcends local cultures, is also a reflection of some aspect of the God who brought about our existence as human beings who do have a sense of good and evil. And what about love? Not just the feeling of love, but the self-sacrifice which we understand as the highest expression of love. If there is more to life than this, and it is because there is a God of some sort, then it is reasonable that our ability to love and be loved, especially when it is so much more than an emotion, is also reflective of some aspect of this creative being. What are we like? We are people who appreciate beauty, know the difference between good and evil, and love and are loved. A materialistic view of the universe must dismiss all of these as having no reality no absolute worth at all. They are just chemical reactions. But if we think there might be a God who created the universe, however he accomplished this, then it becomes reasonable to believe that human beings, both animals and more than animals, with a deep-rooted sense that there is something else to life, are reflecting in beauty, goodness and love something of what this God must be like. If there is a God then it would seem that he must want to be in communication with us, if he is also beauty and good and love. To love requires a relationship. If there is a God, then we should surely also want to see if it is possible to be in touch with him. It is not reasonable at all to have some belief that such a being exists, such a God, and then do nothing about it. The purpose of human life which Freddie Mercury felt was missing in his own life, must include some knowledge of the God who made everything that we see and are, if he exists. And if we are unconvinced, what have we lost? A little time, nothing more. What might we gain? A relationship with the source of all beauty, all goodness and all love. It is almost impossible to live with the cold, hard, brutal belief that there is no meaning or purpose in any life or in any human activity. 
the human heart rebels against such a view. Perhaps this is because it is neither true nor properly human. Most people around us have a sense that there is someone or something there or hope to discover such a sense for themselves. Most people around us love beauty and goodness and love itself, all things which the materialistic view must reject. In these presentations, we will come to describe how the earliest Christians, Orthodox Christians, made sense of this question, and how they believed that in the man Jesus Christ, God had himself entered into his creation to describe for us in a lived manner what God is really like. They believed that they had evidence to support their faith and that their faith was based on reasonable reflection about historical facts and material experience. It was not a blind faith by any means. We have nothing to lose in considering these questions and these original and authentically Christian answers. But in spending time over them we have everything to gain, even meaning and purpose for our lives. We believe in many things in our life, even if we have no Christian faith. And many of these things have no obvious absolute basis, but are a reasonable conclusion drawn from a variety of evidences. Can I be absolutely sure, for instance, that this world and all I experience is a material reality and not a dream? There are those who believe that the universe is a simulation being run by an incomprehensibly advanced alien race. Can we be absolutely sure that it is not? Perhaps we cannot, but we can surely be reasonably certain that it is not, and that is a good place to begin. Can we be absolutely sure that there is a God, even after studying the evidence that I will be producing? Perhaps we cannot, but we can be reasonably sure that there is, and this is also a good place to begin in the experience of God an experience which becomes absolutely convincing, but which is based also on reasonable evidence. <laughs>